Good morning and welcome to the Robin Report. I'm your host, Elliot Robin, so get ready to get triggered. Good morning and welcome to the Robin Report. I'm your host Elliot Robin, and uh, with me is just just Marshall for now, at least. Just Marshall, you just gotta deal with Marshall for now. I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry to disappoint, <laughs> but you know what? I think you'll you'll grow to like me today. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those days where um, you know things just happen. Midterm season. Yeah, exactly. And here um, he is. Would you like me to let him in, Elliot? Yeah, go ahead, let him in. So, while everybody's watching, uh, we're just uh, letting Adam in. Daniel's almost here. Uh, he's just working on his midterm. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is episode three of The Robin Report, season five, episode three. Uh, look who showed up, Adam. Oh, hello, friends. Let's get a shot on him. There he is. There he is. I appreciate Elliot trying to cover for me and making me look good in front of all of you, but I overslept. How was my, my arms then go off? That's <laughs> uh, okay. We're just happy to have you here, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. How's my uh, mic position for the camera right now? All good. Perfect. Lovely. Yeah, everything's good. So uh, we'll be expecting Daniel shortly. However, in the meantime, um, how are you guys? My usual question. Oh, you know, I got a, I got a midterm today right after this, and um, it's for my nationalism class. I hate that class. The prof is uh, a bit of a uh, um, an indoctrinator, as I like to say. But uh, you know, it's uh, I'm looking forward to the midterm. It's going to be pretty good. I'm going to kill it. So that's awesome. what I like to hear. And Adam. You and nationalism, what can go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm good. I spent my reading week in Chicago with Ryerson, which was really, really interesting and really uh, jam-packed with a lot of different political important people in Chicago. And it was uh, definitely, definitely a life-changing experience, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, my reading week was just spent uh, shooting and uh, basically trying to get as much work done as I can for schoolwork, but uh, obviously no sleep for Elliot as usual. <laughs> so, um, to begin, as per Spirit Live rules and regulations, all opinions expressed on the show are only those, uh, are not those of Ryerson or Ryerson faculty, and are only those of the individual commentators. Viewer discretion is advised. Uh, so, we're going to have to speed through our recap of the week, like, hyperspeed like Mach 1 you know what I mean right, okay. uh, so the first thing um, which is the embassy situation in uh, where is it in Saudi Arabia in Saudi or Arabia. is it in Turkey I, it's I in think, Saudi Arabia I think it's, it's in Saudi Arabia, in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. yeah so do either of you want to tell us uh, quickly what happened yeah so it was a diplomat if I'm not mistaken mm -hmm. who was um, now, what people are saying, we don't actually exactly know what happened, but people are saying that he was murdered by Saudi Arabian G-men, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, 
that and people are saying that there was a, a recording of it, but then the yeah. story with the recording doesn't quite add up, as some people are pointing out, because um, he re- recorded it with his Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. But uh, Saudi Arabia doesn't support the third generation of Apple Watch, which is the only one that can record. And recording has to have like a red light on it to make it noticeable. And so somebody would have noticed. And so we aren't exactly sure what happened, but it is Saudi Arabia. And we know that lots of shady things can happen in Saudi Arabia with uh, government such as that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next uh, couple of weeks as uh, more details come out. Because, um, you know, if Saudi Arabia murdered a, a diplomat, and I believe he was a diplomat. He was. Yeah. That's like... He, no, he was a journalist. Oh, he was a journalist. I okay. think he was a journalist. Either way. Yeah. A journalist, diplomat, no, it but looks, a journalist. It yeah. looks really, really bad. Um, Is that a declaration of war? He's a, he's a Saudi national. So you can't really declare war on yourself. True. What what J- Jamal Khashoggi, this guy, he was critical of the Saudi government, and you know, any government but the Saudis can accept criticism. <laughs> That's definitely a generalization. There are many governments that would not like criticism, but uh, Saudi Arabia is one of the ones that doesn't like it the most. The thing with Jamal Khashoggi is that um, you know they're all they're all, all eyes are on Trump now. They're like, ooh, is he going to punish the Saudis? Yeah. What is he going to do? Like, is he going to stand up for that? Blah 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 blah. And uh, tr- Mike Pompeo just landed in Saudi Arabia this morning, and uh, the the word on the street there is that Saudi Arabia is going to confess to killing him, but uh, in in form of a botched interrogation. Mm. Wow. That's how they're gonna. That's how they're gonna set it up. Because I know his his uh, fiance asked Trump specifically for yeah. help. So yeah, that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, he he said, um, Trump initially said that uh, if they find evidence that Saudi killed him, there'll be there'll be very, very bad consequences Mm -hmm. in uh, Trump English. So, wow. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, Moving forward, uh, Elizabeth Warren Mm. is uh, a topic of conversation because she uh, at one point she claimed that she's part Native Indian now or Native American. Sorry. There we go. Now. her DNA results came back, and, mm-hmm. and what were the results? Between 164th and 1 1024th. Yeah, uh, I, I, don't, I don't like that. If for me, it's like the, the birther movement part two. Uh, you know, if somebody claims Native American ha- ancestry, it should be by kinship, not by percentage of DNA. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Trump infamously calls her Pocahontas. <laughs> And uh, I think that uh, the, that that got under her skin. It's like the same thing with Obama and the birther movement. Yeah. So the fact that she had to release her DNA test really upsets me. One, I don't really care how native she is. She claims native ancestry. I should have no reason to believe that she's not of native ancestry. And two, it's more of a, a, a flare for like a potential 2020 run. That's how I yeah. see it. You don't want to eat. Like, why would you clear up this thing that's been you know, going since 2016 now. Yeah. What for? Now, for me, I just think like the way Elizabeth Warren talked about it, it it seemed that she was claiming Native American ancestry for clout in a way. Okay. And I think that that, like if I were, so as per my mother's 23andMe results, I am approximately about as West African as Elizabeth Warren is Native American. Um, assuming on the lower end of the scale, if she's one, 1,024th Native American, mm. um, her and I are about, I'm about as West African as that, mm. um, 0.5% West African. Mm. 
I can't go around saying I'm black, right? Right. And I and I can't say that for clout. I can't say that for any other purpose because also, that's no one wrong. will believe you. Exactly. Um, and so for Elizabeth Warren to use her being Native American as a talking point, um, I think that some clarification were in order because if you were to say because that is an ethnicity and to claim yourself as an ethnicity there should be at least some sort of mm. genetic significance in your in your genetic makeup there yeah mm-hmm. um and so I, you know i i think trump was quite hard on her and a bit derogatory with the pocahontas remarks for sure um and i i won't uh, defend that but at the same time i can't uh i can't endorse elizabeth warren claiming native american ancestry either when she's probably less native american than the average person mm-hmm. in america um genetically at least yeah. is there kinship um i don't know i think like i, I don't know I, I don't think anything has come out to say that there is and if there is then okay but um yeah i i just i can't uh endorse elizabeth warren claiming native american ancestry that's fair and then lastly um, we were going to talk about the Sears bankruptcy, but I think what's more important is tomorrow, uh, which thank you to Briar pointed out. What's weed up? is legal tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's tomorrow. <laughs> it's tomorrow. Uh, so, uh, shalom, congrats. I don't know how you guys are going to be celebrating. If you're going to be celebrating, what are you guys going to be doing? Uh, my life will not change in any Absolutely not. way whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to carry on living, and I'll probably be smelling a lot more weed. Yeah, and I yeah. normally would. And Which at Ryerson isn't really that hard to beat at this point. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, it isn't. You know what I will do? I will go on the website because I am very interested to see how the website's going to look and how the distribution's going to be. Um, I'm not going to order anything, mm-hmm. and I I can say that honestly because you know it'll be legal and it doesn't really affect me either way whether I do or not. But I will not be ordering anything. Um, but I will have a peek at the website because I am actually rather interested to see how the distribution is going to work. work yeah. What kind of package is it going to come in? What kind of stuff can you buy? You know, a study came out recently that the differences between these strains, I don't know if you have any, um, friends who partake in the devil's lettuce, but <laughs> they'll always talk, oh yeah, I got this new white rhino, purple granddaddy, <laughs> dark knight kush. And That's not far off. You know, that white sure rhino, is, purple yeah. granddaddy, dark knight kush is actually no different from your uh, sleepy time Alice in Wonderland, um, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, there's, there's no difference. Actually, no difference um, in terms of how it affects you psychologically or... Um, or, or anything. So I find that wow. uh, that's actually something I've been saying since I was a kid. And people would come up to me in the hallway and go, yo, I got this blue cush, bro. <laughs> I'd go, okay, well, yeah, I'm sure that's a whole lot different from the other, the, from the green cush and the purple cush that you were selling. Yeah. Make cush great again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just interested to see there are reports going around that Canada just doesn't have enough supply. Yeah. That's what I heard. And too. I'm really interested to see if there's going to be like you, a stoner riot. Yeah. Like or, a weed or some, shortage. Yeah. Can you imagine that? That's really, really funny. A, a weed shortage. And the website's going to go down on the first day. Oh, so 100% it's going to crash. I won't be able to it's access the website on the first day, actually. So uh, I'll it's wait a couple days. Rams on course selection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, God. You won't be able to get on the website on the first day. PTSD. They need to do something in, in that to that effect. Like, they got to get some, like, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 <laughs> servers going that can handle, you know, well, 10 million people. Not 10 million. On the Maybe. Maybe 10 million people. On the bright side, the web developer of the website are probably going to get a lot of business from this. Yeah. Depending probably. on if the website yeah. looks good and we'll find out from Marshall. I really think good. it's going to be ugly. 
I really think it's going to be. It's probably going to be like well, the, the logo sucks. Website. The logo sucks, <laughs> and LCBO online sucks. Yeah, it I don't does. know if it you've does. seen LCBO online. It looks like some kid's Prezi pre- presentation. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's slow and it's no good. Yeah. yeah. Vistech, like for example, a camera store only updated their website like a couple weeks ago. It was trash. You know, like people don't understand how important website development is. But, yeah. Uh, Marshall will tell us how theirs is tomorrow. <laughs> so um, we'll post screenshots on the. Yes. Very true. The... So. Uh, moving on to our main story. Dun, dun, dun. This isn't our first rodeo, but it's definitely not the same one. We've covered federal elections across the border, provincial elections, right here at home, and today we get cozy in our local community of Toronto and surrounding municipalities to bring you an episode on the upcoming municipal elections. Across the province, residents will vote on October 22nd for their new mayors and city councils. Specifically, we're going to focus on the Toronto mayoral race because, truth be told, it's probably the most entertaining. Hmm. This year, there are about 35 candidates running for mayor, which is a record high, I believe. We'll talk top contenders, controversies, and we'll also touch on each of our local municipalities, them being Brampton, once Daniel shows up, Vaughan, my home, and Whitby, Marshall's home. Actually, we'll talk about Brampton because there's something very important about Brampton. Uh, but before we start, remember that we are live on Facebook, so you can comment on our feed to have your thoughts read live on air. Uh, so let's begin by taking a look at the results of our poll. So the poll ended I'll at 11 I'll today. Get that out, yeah. Perfect. So the poll, what we asked our viewers was, will you be voting in your local municipal election? And... Luckily, we got quite a significant amount of votes. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Before we mention the poll, uh, you think there will be more um, more participation in the election than than provincial or federal? Uh, well, Toronto, or Toronto um, participation, um, civic participation, actually is quite high. Um, really? Yeah, people people vote in Toronto. Um, mm. I, I was doing some research for my boss, and in the interest of full disclosure, I do work for a Toronto City Councilor. I work for mm-hmm. Denzelman and Wong, who's um, he's a mole, he's a spy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who's going to be in? I can't remember the name of the ward, but it's Don Valley East is the ward. Twenty? No, thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Thirteen. Yeah. So Don Valley. That's East. my ward. So yes, I'm not some freak that knows all the. And uh, so I do work for him, and I I am supporting his run. I can't vote for him because I don't work in that or I don't live in that yeah, area, yeah. but. I am supporting my boss, Denzel. Um, and also, full disclosure, I am working on videos for somebody running in the Vaughn uh, City Council campaign as well, uh, Frank Scarlato. So, just if anybody needs to know. In Toronto? No, no in Vaughn. Okay, Vaughan. I was, yeah. I was, yeah. <coughs> so, uh, did you figure out the poll? Uh, I did. Uh, so I just closed the- it, which wasn't very <laughs> smart of me, um, but... We had um, we had forty four votes, which wow. is pretty good. Good turnout. Happy. It was only fourteen hours. The poll was open. Yeah, ninety three percent said they will vote, and seven percent said they will not vote. So, what are the numbers in terms of votes? I believe only three people said. Forty one people yeah. said they would vote, and then three people said they wouldn't vote. Yeah. I think so, that's pretty good odds. So the so two of the people I don't know who they are. The third one is Kara. I don't know why she clicked that when I told her not to, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> Skew the results. Yeah, honestly. Um, but uh, no, I just that's a good thing that we only mm-hmm. got three people that said no. But mm-hmm. I wanted to know why they don't want to vote. So if you guys are listening, let us know why you're not voting. 
And um, if you even if you sad. didn't vote in the poll, just uh, you know shoot us a message on the live stream yep. here and say, hey, you know what? This is why I'm voting. This is why I'm not voting. Tell us who you're voting for. Tell us who you're who you sad. like, who you don't like. Perfect. So uh, the first question being. Um, regarding the Toronto, May- Toronto mayoral race, mm-hmm. uh, as mentioned, how has Tory been as current mayor? John Tory is the mayor of Toronto right now. He beat out uh, Doug Ford in the previous election once he took over from the late Rob Ford, uh, and he's been mayor for four years now, mm-hmm. right? So how has he? How's he been? You know, I think that he's done a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. I have. I don't have a lot of criticisms for John Tory. The only criticisms uh, I have. Uh, the biggest one, I think, would be how long he took to open the Moss Park Armory with the shelter crisis. Um, for those who don't know, the shelters of Toronto are overcapacitated. And it was a particularly cold week uh, that a lot of, uh, not a lot, but there were uh, several cases of homeless people being found dead in the streets. And uh, there was a petition to open the Moss Park Armory, which is a, a Canadian military. Mm-hmm. Canadian military? Yeah, Canadian military. Yeah, yeah. Why would it be any other military? <laughs> Canadian military armory uh, downtown, and they have cots. It's right by us, actually. Yeah, uh, they have they have cots in, in the armory, and they were begging him to open the armory, and he just took too long. He did it, and it, it, it was a good move, but he just took too long. Um, the other one would be um, he voted against the uh, Stormwater uh, Cleanup Act that was run through city council. There was an act pushed uh, a few years ago to uh, look into stormwater clearance in uh, Toronto community homes and, and sewer clearance and all that. And he voted against it. And there have been huge problems with stormwater and flooding in the city. And I think we would be a lot better off if he hadn't voted. I also think, I mean, he's done pretty well. I also agree. Um, but the problem is there was one uh, interview that he was doing like a couple days ago on TV and he was talking about uh, the arts counts uh, arts and you know increasing funding for it and then behind him in the background oh that's the picture I said oh that's the one you said yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's a picture of a homeless person in the background and I was like really it's it's just a little bit of poetic justice I think I I think I really wish I I would say this for any mayor but I wish there was more action on homelessness that's my big thing yes Mm -hmm. Um, I agree because, you know, being downtown at, Ry- uh, at Ryerson, Young and Dundas Square, there's a whole load of homeless people. Mm-hmm. And I just think there should be more done about them and they should be prioritized as, suppo- as opposed to, you know, other people. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, that's the way I think. But other than that, I think um, he's been a pretty good mayor as well. Marshall, you have anything else you want yeah, to Yeah, I, I don't, like, uh, have any strong feelings about John Tory either which way. I think, uh, he's, he hasn't done a bad job, um, and he's, I think, I like a lot of the things he's done. Some of the ways he's voted I haven't been particularly a fan of, but <clears throat> I think when it comes to Toronto City Council and the way people, councillors and the mayor vote, um, it's often done in a sycophantic way to kind of go with the flow, more or less, which is an unfortunate thing about municipal politics, where you just really want to vote with what's going to be popular a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't necessarily blame anybody for that but uh i I think for example with the handgun ban which i think was a really unnecessary thing um like almost everybody voted for that i think it was was silly it was mainly 
Yeah, Mamalidi that voted against it. Yeah, and Mamalidi, who I I like in a lot of ways. I don't like in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I, I think he's I hate Mamalidi. <laughs> I think he's um, one of the most interesting city councilors for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he was one of the people who voted against it. And handguns are already in effect banned, like de facto banned yeah. in Toronto. <laughs> and I don't like to make things harder for law-abiding gun owners, and I think that's what that's going to do. Um, and then sanctuary cities I'm not big on. I, I believe it was Tory who did vote for that. It, it was, it actually. Was, it was. He I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. Um, but otherwise, I'm not, like, too... Um, I'm not feeling too strongly either which way about Tory. Yeah. Uh, a big thing in my community in Ward 13 was that we had a, a local bus that a lot of seniors used and a lot of service workers used called the 162. And it's like no one takes it. And when uh, Rob Ford cut a lot of the uh, underused bus routes, uh, the community was pretty upset. And uh, he restored uh, full full service to that. And he restored full service to a lot of underused bus routes. And I think that was a really cool thing he did. That is good. Because you know what? A lot of these bus routes, they can be, uh, you know, people look at them as so unimportant. But Mm -hmm. they are really important to a certain kind of section of the community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was, you know, you you, you only really care about the mayor when you feel the things he's done. Mm. And I think that was one of the times where we really felt uh, his action. Very true. I really um, could have but, phrased that better. Yeah, so move. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. But moving forward to um, Jennifer Keys, Matt. Um, who is Jennifer Keys, Matt, for those who don't know? And is she a threat to Tory? Uh, oh, uh, like you're, you know more about her, I'd <laughs> assume. All right, let's let's get down into it. So Jennifer Keys, Matt, was the uh, former chief city planner of Toronto. She was... She started the position in 2012 uh, under uh, the late Rob Ford, and she uh, resigned from her position uh, last year, or even earlier this year, I think, uh, because she had some public disagreements with John Tory over uh, the uh, eventual plan for the gardener. So for those of you who don't know, the elevated portion of uh, the gardener downtown, uh, there were three proposals for it. There was the boulevard proposal, there was the blend proposal, and there was the uh, just sort of repair it and keep going proposal. And city council ended up uh, voting with the blending proposal to um, destroy one part of it and then uh, create a ramp out of it, I think. Mm -hmm. It's like the middle ground. Uh, Jennifer Kiesmet was very pro the boulevard, and uh, she resigned from her post because of that. Um, I thought she was going to be a threat to John Tory. I don't see that being realistic now unless anything changes very drastically in the next three or four days. So that's my two cents on that. You know, and that's Canadian politics for you is everybody gets two terms. Everybody. Unless they massively screw up or are perceived to have massively screwed up in Mm -hmm. some way. And it would have to be a, a, you know... Bowmark is not a term that people use too much today, but Bowmark is a term that people used a long time ago for a situation that ends a politician's career in Canada. That's a Canadian term named after uh, my favorite prime minister, John Tiefenbaker, who Chief Keith. Um, Chief was, Keith. you know, taken out by a uh, situation with uh, regarding the Cold War and a missile defense system, Bowmark missile defense system. And uh, he... Um, was only a one-term prime minister, which is really unfortunate. Really? Or, you might actually, wait, 57 uh, to 63. So, 
Term and a half. Yeah. Term and a half. So, yeah, he was a term and a half prime minister. And uh, it's really unfortunate because he didn't actually screw up. It was Louis Saint who screwed up. But uh, he took the fall for it because of JFK. And we can go into that another day. I think I've mentioned it before, but uh, JFK ended uh, Diefenbaker's prime ministership. Or premiership, which is the actual term. Definitely, then we'll probably have an episode on that. For sure. On, uh, Diefenba- Diefenbaker was definitely one of the more interesting prime ministers. For sure. I just mean like on Marshall's thoughts. On like oh, yes, oh, yes. On, yeah, on, just like on, an, on hour, of, an hour of, of Marshall <laughs> just sitting and like going off. The Rabbit Report's one-on-one. <laughs> um, and then we'll talk about you and Karl Marx as oh, well. Oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> oh, Daddy Marx. How much I have to say. Oh, boy. Um, so then, you know, aside from Jennifer Keyes, Matt, mm-hmm. what are some other top contenders for the Toronto Mayor? Well, race? third place is the notorious, bloodthirsty, <laughs> child-eating neo-Nazi Faith Goldie. Who, uh, really? Who in her, well, no, I, I don't. Oh. She's not a neo-Nazi. That's just no, the, not that part. I mean, <laughs> oh, she's in third place. Yeah, she's polling at fifteen. Wow. Yeah, she, she's doing quite well. Jesus Christ. Um, Surprise! Yeah, and I'm. Um, I you know I think that people are going to be sorely um, kicked in the bottom when they when the results come out and Faith Goldie does quite well, and uh, people have been dismissing her all along as uh, as a you know a fringe a, a fringe candidate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she's polling higher right now in the municipal election than the Liberals were in the provincial election. And nobody calls the liberals fringe, right? Yeah. And I think it's it's going to be a uh, real shakeup of how things are going in Toronto municipal politics with um, with the results regarding so, Faith Goldie. So for, uh, for Faith Goldie in more depth, um, Faith Goldie's ads were actually blocked from airing on Rogers and Bell uh, owned. Um, networks, you know, so on Rogers Radio and on Bell, uh, television stations, uh, you know, they sent her a letter, they refunded her money, and then she started, she she launched a lawsuit against it. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they have uh, a right not to show her content uh, after saying they would, or... You know, is this just politics? No, it's a violation of CRTC rules. uh, Like not showing it? Yeah, so since they aired commercials for other candidates, they have to offer every single candidate an opportunity to buy uh, ad space or ad time. time. Um, They aren't allowed to deny them unless those ads in themselves are in violation of CRTC guidelines. And so she won't win the lawsuit because Rogers and Bell are probably the two most powerful entities in our country and uh, essentially can, you know, wave away with the hand of God any trouble that comes their way. But uh, I think that it is an interesting thing to see how they are just openly violating CRTC rules and um, that uh, nothing's going to happen to them because I think a lot of Canadians might wake up to the fact that Rogers and Bell, the duopoly going on there, is a uh, serious issue and that maybe we have to look into doing things the Saskatchewan way. But I don't think any... well. Saskatel is a kind of provincial um, telecommunications company that services Saskatchewan. It's um, government-owned. And, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of conservatives that I know, are as soon as they hear government-owned or nationalized or whatever, they are, you know, clutching at their pearls going, well, I never. Um, but, but, you know, I, I think when you, when you have something that's a natural monopoly or a natural duopoly or a natural... 
oligarchy, um, you have to nationalize or at least do something to that effect because it just uh, does not um, benefit Canadians. And I'm not, and more more so than I'm a conservative, more so than I'm a capitalist. I'm a Canadian who wants to benefit Canadians, right? But I digress. Um, when it comes to that, yeah, uh, Bell and uh, Bell and Rogers are in the wrong, but nothing will happen. So you think they're not? Uh, you think that they're? That she's not going to win her lawsuit? No, she won't. No. Do you think she knows that, or do you think she thinks? No, she I think she knows that. I think she's going into it for a lot of lawsuits aren't aren't gone into with the intention to win. I mean, just to cause controversy. Well, yeah, to just to get people talking, to, to cause get awareness, awareness going, for yeah. sure. Um, to show that you have the balls um, to do it, essentially. Um, I don't really have many. I don't really have an opinion on that. Um, I think that if if Bell and Rogers agreed to it, that's you know they signed up for that. People yeah. know Faith Goldie. They know what she's about. They know what she's made of. Like if you're gonna agree to anything that she's gonna create, it's not gonna be any different than the stuff she's put out on the internet before. So, um, and you, you know what? She she has like a decent following i think uh, oh that, it's huge i think that following deserves to see their candidate on the air uh you know unpopular amongst you know left-wingers but i don't like her i hate her I hate her guts um she's a nice person i've met her in person very nice Have lady you? i haven't like met her met her uh, <laughs> she was um uh, i went to a birthday uh, dinner and she was in the table oh, over. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, told me about it. yeah and yeah. I kept looking over at her, and she fully knew that I was looking at her, and she fully <laughs> knew that I recognized her, and she sort of smiled at me and sort of realized that it would be weird if mm -hmm. I would come over. Yeah. So I kind of appreciated that, like, you know, that silent, like, hey, mm -hmm. I know you know me. Nice to see you. Just kind of back off. And I was like, cool. <laughs> um, and I don't know. She seems like you've worked with her. Mm -hmm, yeah, I worked with her for a long time. Yeah. And she was my best work friend when I was at the Rebel, and... Her and I still keep in touch here and there. Um, I, I, I do think Faith is truly a good person. She's always been, uh, uh, ever since I've known her, she's been so great. And yeah. um, I think people are really very, very hard on her. And I think um, <clears throat> if you disagree with her politics, no matter how much you disagree with her politics, you know, whatever. But uh, she's she's a good girl and she's, uh, she's very smart too. And I think that people um are are unfair to her you know yeah. you, no matter how much you hate her i think you have to be or anybody no matter how much you dislike anybody i think it, it's important to be fair to them I agree. and represent them accurately oh for yeah. sure for sure now, let, 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 <laughs> we're talking here. about faith goldie <laughs> oh, okay okay yeah. cool hi everyone just came back from a midterm that was a uh, uh it's speechless. It was pretty shit, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but you're here now, so yeah, that's all we that matters. The show strong. I'm just happy which, that it's over. Which you came in time for, because now I want to move on to uh, elections elsewhere, starting with your home. Oh, with Brampton? Yo, with Bro. B Town? That's what you're saying. <laughs> so in Brampton specifically, um, we have a familiar face running there by the name of Patrick Brown, the former leader of the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario. Uh, <laughs> you don't like him, do you? No. <laughs> no. So, does he have... Uh, let's start with you, Daniel, since you just came in. But does he have a chance to, uh, you know, to win the mayoral race? Uh, he definitely does because, like, um, even though after all of those allegations that came out, like, he staunchly denied them and stuff like that. So, um, due to, like, unfortunately, like, a lack of evidence with those allegations, it still um, gives him credibility to run. But... Uh, I don't know. Like, I think, like, 
I've that's the pro- his, the problem him. with that is like everyone's gonna just look at him through because of those allegations, right? Yeah. Mm. But then, if we if we can make another comparison all the way back to like Ford and Trump and stuff like that, like they still won. They would still no. They would they they would still agree with his policies, and they're not gonna oh, yeah, care yeah. about what those allegations are. Mm. All they really care about is having a better Brampton. So and that's, and if that, you yeah, if you really make sense, like with the last with the last mayor with Linda Jeffrey, she really fucked things up with that. Mm-hmm. Like I. I was so dig- against the whole like lack of connection between Brampton and Mississauga for that subway system that they're one of making and stuff and like that. And her pay situation. Yeah, too. she's oh, the yeah. highest paid one out of everyone right highest there. Highest paid mayor in North America. North America. Really? How ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's making just. She's making yeah. just under two hundred and fifty k a year. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so people didn't know that for a long time. Yeah. That was. I just found that out it now. was. It's it was, been like that for years now too. Like ever when Susan Fennell, the last mayor, she was she was still getting a crazy pay rate too. So yeah, um, she did take a pay reduction after the controversy, but yeah. she's still getting paid quite a sizable amount. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, but I don't know many. See, I don't know many mu- more about the other candidates, but all I know is like the important ones would be Linda Jeffrey and Patrick Brown. That's really the most important thing you got to worry about with that. So, and I think and Patrick Brown's gonna win. There's another guy. I think it can he, happen. Yeah. He's a Sikh guy, um, and he's I think the third place candidate. Yeah. He might be fourth place. Yeah, and he was like making a like kind of waves for a little bit. I can't even remember his name now. He's got a long name, but um, he's kind of faded away into obscurity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Brown's going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his... Yeah, I, I would say the same. He I'll has a really good connection with the Indian community, South Asian community in general, and that's mm-hmm. like a huge percentage of Brampton's uh, demographic makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so he... That's really going to help him. Getting the endorsement of the Prime Minister of India, like a personal endorsement. <laughs> he d- wow. Having, he did? Yeah. Mo- uh, Prime Modi. Minister Modi refers to Patrick Brown as his brother. <laughs> Well, brother from another mother. They're, they're like best friends. I, pretty, pretty why? sick if you ask w- why? me. Why? <laughs> why? I don't know. I, I have no idea. Um, Are you crying, Adam? <laughs> yeah, I know that was that, that moved. That, yeah, I'm, I'm crying some. Uh, some <laughs> moved you. Wow. Um, but yeah, so, I think he'll win. So then, uh, in regards to the rest of Brampton, how does uh, city council work? Like, how many people are elected to city council? Like, how many it's wards like, are there? Like, the councillors are like, they control like two wards. Mm-hmm. And it's like, basically like a neighborhood and a half. I guess. I don't know. It's... I don't know, man. It just doesn't make sense to me. I, I just... I don't really... It doesn't really care about the counselors right now. I think the most important thing is the mayor right now because mm. yeah. that's, like, the most controversy that's happening right now and stuff like yeah. that. Like, Can I, I, sp- can I, I speak would... to that for... Or, no, go ahead. Uh, for a minute. Uh, when I was in Chicago, yeah. one, of the, one of the blanket uh, emphasis... One of the blanket things that, uh, you know, everybody we met emphasized, that took me a while, was uh, to vote down ballot, to make sure you're voting down ballot, vote for your counselor, vote for your school trustee, Mm -hmm. your Catholic school board trustee, like just get to know them because they have a lot more power than you'd imagine them to have. Mm -hmm. So, uh. I think that the mayor is important, but the counselors and the down ballot votes are also important. I never really thought it like that, thought about it like that, but like I see just like you don't like all the problem with all these city councils is like they're no names. That's the thing. Like, you don't mm-hmm. know them unless mm-hmm. you know them on a personal level. Yeah. Like yeah that. Sure. At least like if you look at Linda Jeffrey and Patrick Brown, you can check out who they are by Googling them and stuff like that. You're not going to get as much hits on these guys. And like, like people only care about the big things and stuff like that. Because it was up to me, then Brampton should be focusing on getting that LRT into the rest of the Brampton. It should be focusing on decreasing its insurance rates. And it should be focusing on... What else? 
I would say the uh, putting an institution into the campus again. So they want to put Ryerson downtown, like a downtown campus, something like that. That would be the biggest priorities that you need to make right there. Because right now it's just filled with brown people and filled with old people. And Brampton is a modern city. It's a large city. We're better than that. We can be. We we want to be able to attract the best. Are you people saying from you're better than brown people? I am. People? I'm part. I'm part of the. I'm part of them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, I, I, so if in context, if I ever use the term brown, it's the most inclusive racial term for that too. It's you know, it's funny because I hear Hispanics refer to themselves as brown yeah, people all, I do, the time, all the time, but nobody else refers to Hispanic people as brown people, so it always confuses. Same me. thing with Arabs. Arabs like to refer to themselves as brown people, but yeah, and no, I, I feel like we can, people make the distinction between brown people and Arab people. Like when I think of like if somebody says brown people, I think of South Asian people. Yeah, same usually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. But yeah, I guess you know what I always I always hear it. And I first heard George, George Lopez say, it, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's where I picked it up from. George, George <laughs> when, Lopez. When people <laughs> refer to me as white, I'm just like, no, I'm caramel. I'm delicious. <laughs> but uh, um, moving back to Toronto, which I forgot mm. to mention because we were talking about yeah. councillors, the reduction in council mm. is a big thing. So there were it's 47 councillors. Sad day. 44. There were 44. 47. No, it was 44. Then it became 47. It was 47. supposed to be 47. This election yeah there oh, are 44, 44 sitting yeah. right now oh. that's a that's a big thing that people do not make the that. distinction because of. everybody was saying it's 47, 47 no so. it was supposed to be 47 this yeah. election there were four years of studies done from 2014 till now right to, or 2013 to, to 2017 to adding the three councillors to increase voter representation mm. wow but well, yeah. uh, Dougie Ford uh, striked with the hand of Thanos, <laughs> and uh, the Infinity Gauntlet. The Infinity Gauntlet, and so, uh, yeah. So now that it's uh, twenty-five councillors, I feel like, in a sense, it'll be easier to get to know your local mm, councillor. I agree with Just that. Just because, because not on a personal level, but yeah. on uh, information yeah. level. Yeah, because yeah. you because you look at these small cities, right? Like smaller cities, you know, like Vaughan and and Brampton, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have, um, there's actually a lot of people running, but we have. Five words, each represented by one person, and we have three local and regional councillors. It's the same title. I don't know why it says local and regional. Just call it regional. How many and we have Vaughan one man. have though? Like one hundred and fifty k. Vaughn? Yeah. We got a no regional councillor is oh, different from local councillor. No, in Vaughn, it's the same thing. Oh, okay. Like literally, they're called local and regional councillors. Oh, I see. Ask me why. I don't know. Okay. But we elect three, and I think there's eleven people running, and okay. then for mayor, um, one and then five words to represent. Um, yeah. But. Uh, I feel like because of that, it's easier to get across, you know, and, and find out information about all these candidates. So I feel that in Toronto, with the wards being smaller, you get it's easier, again, you mentioned to access information about them. Yeah, you know, but I would say, like, I would say, like, Adam's point trumps, like, what you're trying to say, though. Like, the idea, the, the need for voter representation trumps the need for um, reduction in the budget cost and reducing council. I totally, like yeah. Yeah, it's, it's when you boil down to it, it's about $2.41 a household. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in, yeah, in what you're saving oh. with uh, Doug Ford's cut. Oh, okay. Yeah. And a lot of people have told me, they're like, hey, $2.41 is a lot for a lot of families. No. I want to say they're right, but at the same time, that's a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't see... I, I was so upset with the whole thing. It, mm. I read an interesting article in the Star yesterday, the uh, liberal left-wing propaganda of the Toronto Star, and um, you know they were saying that with all the 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 the, the, uh, the mayhem in in the mayor election, we didn't get the election we deserved. We didn't get you know the focus on the mayor debates. Mm-hmm. 
we didn't really get yeah. the comparison of the two platforms. Yeah. It was just what's happening with Doug Ford and, and, and the cut of the councillors. Mm -hmm. And I think that Toronto did miss this election. Yeah. I think that because yep, everything happened so quickly, we didn't get a good election. And I don't think voter turnout will be very high because it sort of all happened you know, in, in the wind. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, we're going to look back on this election and we're going to be very sad. Um, John Tory was supposed to get a cakewalk to his second term. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the actual results of John Tory versus not John Tory uh, would be... Uh, W wouldn't have changed much, but at the same time, are there any of those candidates that are like super like pro Ford or like working with? Well, Mamaliti yeah. uh, yeah. in Ward his, Seven, his nephew, Michael Ford, Michael Ford, oh, yeah. um, Doug well, Holiday well, in Tory, Etobicoke. Tory is also PC, so he kind but of. But he he's a weird PC. If you look into his PC history, he never actually won an election. Yeah, as running for anything in in the PCs, he was he he was appointed in a by election. Mm -hmm. uh, he tried to win in another by election, lost. He ran, um, he ran as uh, in Don Valley in Don Valley West mm -hmm. uh, in in the two thousand and seven provincial election. He lost. He ran against David Miller in two thousand and three for mayor. He lost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing I think he really won was PC leadership. Yeah, if you if you want to correct me there. Um, so he's not a real PC to PCs mm. in Ontario. Because well, he didn't have that power position for long. He also he did not make a very good leader of the party. And um, <laughs> yeah, like the whole wanting to, f uh, the religious schools funding yeah. thing, unconstitutional. Um, as oh, soon as you, he wanted to fund uh, all religious schools equally yeah. to Catholic schools, which is unconstitutional. Oh, okay. yeah. uh, and as soon as you propose something unconstitutional as your main platform point, you've lost. Uh, yeah. It's silly, silly, silly move. How come it's unconstitutional? Our constitution establishes that we will have in a public board and a separate board. That separate board in Ontario, Manitoba, yeah, I think just Ontario and Manitoba will be a Catholic board. Mm -hmm. In Quebec and Nova Scotia, it will be an Anglican board. Okay. Um, and... Weird, they need to be like kind of elevated above other religions because we are not, we don't have separation of church and state in Canada. Those are the two official religions of our country. We don't have a state religion, but we do have yeah. an enshrined religion in a lot of ways. And Anglicanism and Catholicism are two enshrined religions. That's fair. Which I guess is just one religion, Christianity, but yeah. So then uh, the last thing I want to mention, because uh, we talked about Brampton, we talked about Vaughn. Uh, Marsh, do you want to quickly tell us what's going on in Whitby? Yeah, sure. Like, so I'm like not I'm minute. not voting in Whitby. I'm voting in Toronto. But uh, how it works in Whitby is we At have... At least you're voting. Yes. <laughs> uh, we, have a, we have a, you know, mayor, obviously. There's two people running for mayor. Don Mitchell, who's the current mayor, who I've never even seen before. I don't know what <laughs> he looks like. I've never heard him speak. Um, I'm sure he's nice, but I, I don't know anything about him. And then in the last mayor, Pat Perkins, she was so wonderful and so involved. Just sat beside her in church and stuff. And she was great. But uh, Don Mitchell, you know, I don't have any criticisms of him other than I just don't know who he is, really. And then Andrea Clark is, I believe, who's running against him, who I know even less about. Hmm. We have four wards in Whitby, so four councillors. Um, and uh, Pat Perkins' son, Sean Perkins, I think, is running in one of them. Uh, and there, he's like the really conservative one. He's like our... Giorgio Mammoliti, but not even close. Mammal. Actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sean Perkins. I don't mean to make that comparison. You're not like you're not like Mammoliti at all. Never mind. But he's he's our like most conservative yeah. whippy politician. He'd be he'd be your Min and Wong. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so then uh, we've got uh, nobody 
really notable except for Elizabeth Roy, who's running. She was a liberal candidate who lost in Whitby. Nikki Lundquist, who was an NDP candidate who lost yeah. in Whitby. Yeah. She's running name. for school board trustee, I believe. And then we've got our regional counselor, who is just the person who oversees the region of Durham, I guess, uh, for Whitby, on behalf of Whitby. Um, nobody I can really remember running there. But, uh, yeah, sorry to disappoint. I don't know that much about Whitby elections. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess next week, uh, next Tuesday, will be the day after the election. So yeah. six days away. Uh, something else you weren't here, but we mentioned tomorrow is Weed Legalization Day. Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to change your life. Um, It's funny, like, I, I'm at this crossroad right now where I just want to, like, I will say it on Facebook too, like, I want to be a day where I stop smoking weed all the time. Uh, I, To be honest, I fucking hate it. It's... <laughs> It's atrocious how it's, like, destroyed, like, I don't know, I just, I feel like it just changed for the worse and stuff like that. I, for me, what I want to do is I just want to switch it back and treat it like alcohol, just as, like, something for a party thing like, mm -hmm. once in a while. Um, if you choose to do that, good for you. Just do your research. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, good luck, stoners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Well, we wish you luck. Thanks, man. Um, I will see you at our next AA meeting. Um, <laughs> uh, it'll be at my place. Um, but uh, that was our show for this week. Uh, thank you to everyone that tuned in. Uh, thank you, Daniel, for making it out after your no midterm. Problem, no problem. Um, Needed something uh, to cool down the pain, you know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Smile um, through the pain. I think the good news is I thought I had a midterm today, but I think it's next week. So right. I'm really happy about that. Good but, uh, but anyway, a brand new episode... Uh, of the Robin Report will be coming to you next week, same day, same time, same people. Have a great day, everyone.